chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. He is Clint Stewart. Kansas State coming off of a nice, impressive road victory at LSU. We'll be diving into that and looking ahead at Kansas State's game against Nebraska on Sunday. Here on the Shootaround, like I said, um, former Wildcat Clint Stewart breaking down really a good win for Kansas State, given everything that has kind of transpired off the court with Naquan Tomlin. Certainly there was uh, some reasons to be concerned with this team's focus heading into that game, but K-State was locked in and really executed a solid game plan from the staff. So we'll break that down here. But first, we're sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their re- uh, retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Um, also, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure you're subscribing, liking, commenting, all that stuff. And Go Power Cat has a 60% off sale right now. Um, be sure you're taking advantage of that. It's a great time to be a K-State fan despite everything going on. Um, there's never been a better time to be subscribing at Go Power Cat. But Clint, um, I guess me and you were texting on on Saturday after that game against LSU that you know this was one of the best, maybe the best uh, wins for the season for Kansas State. I know you can look at that Providence game and and maybe from start to finish the consistency of that win was great. But in terms of the focus, like I said, this was just so great to see um, K State be victorious over LSU on Saturday. Yeah, it definitely was. And I got, I got to start by saying you mentioned the 60% off for uh, Go Power Cat. So 60%, that, that might have been my free throw percentage, which isn't good. But for <laughs> uh, discount, that, that's a really good percentage uh, off. So David um, Gasson on, on yeah. Saturday was a little bit lower than that. I think it was what, 1 for 6, 0 for 6. Yeah. <laughs> he, he struggled. He struggled a little bit. I think 0 for 6. So, um, but yeah, it was a good win. You know, it was a good, good win for the team. I think. Um, you know, anytime you go on the road uh, and, and, you know, it's really our first true road uh, game, road win. Um, and so I'm um, going on the road against another, you know, power five conference team um, and able to do what we did. You know, also just considering kind of some of the circumstances uh, that were surrounding uh, Naquan, you know, uh, you know, right before that game. And, um, you know, for the guys to really just band together, um, you know, travel down there and make sure they were locked in and focused um, on figuring out a way to go win. You know, you really have to give your hats off to Coach Tang and the coaching staff for just making sure the guys were ready to play, you know, and they came out straight from the 
you know, from the jump and from the tip ready to play. And so that was really good. It was an exciting game to watch, fun one to watch. Thought we got after it defensively, especially early, caused some turnovers early uh, on LSU, which which allowed us to get out and build a lead, you know, so even when they were able to fight back a little bit, we had enough of a cushion to um, to withstand their run in, in the second half and be able to um, to finish out with the win. So it was a good one all around. Arthur Kaluma, Big 12 Player of the Week. Um, since Jerome Tang challenged him to buy in, he just continues to be just a tremendous player for Kansas State. He really has. You know, I think he also won a National Player of the Week uh, award as well this week. And, um, you know, he's he's just – he's everything that, you know, I'm sure Tang uh, saw in him and, and why he wanted him to be a Wildcat. And um, it's good to see him stepping up and, and making plays – you know, obviously scoring the basketball, but rebounding as well. And, um, you know, even playing some good defense. And so um, he's doing things that, uh, you know, we're going to need him to do to be able to, to win games in the Big 12. And hopefully he can continue the hot streak that he's on because he's playing. Uh, it might be the best basketball of his career. I mean, and so um, it's good to see it. And hopefully he continues to elevate. Cam Carter was going back to his home state of Louisiana. <clears throat> and, uh, well, he was cooking. I mean, he was just putting the ball through the net. And all the hype, I mean, we continue to say this, all the hype about Cam Carter coming into the year, it was all it was all real. He's lived up to it, and he's really become a superstar on this team. And without Naquan Tomlin, I mean, this team's figuring out how to win without him. You know, this was not something that had that happened suddenly. Um, and so they're winning without him. They're having playmakers step up without, without you know, with uh, without one of their top scorers coming into the year. Yeah, you know, I think we all need to get some shirts maybe that say let let Cam cook, right? Uh, <laughs> right. And with a picture of Cam Carter on it, you know, cooking. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, let Cam cook and he's cooking, you know, which, which is good when he's making shots. Um, you know, I think it's uh, obviously just boosts boosts our offense. Um, you know, we have to be able to shoot the basketball from from outside. I think some of the games we struggled. You know, we struggled from the outside, um, paired with some turnovers. And so, um, when he's making shots, and you have Arthur playing the way that he is, um, obviously we know what, what Tyler Perry can do, especially down the stretch in big games. Um, and, and so it's a it's a good combination. Um, you know, the best thing about it is, you know, we have multiple guys that can step up and that can lead us in scoring on, on any given night. And so um, I think that's going to really help us as we move into the Big 12 season and, and down the line of, um, you know, makes it hard to scout us. You know, when, when you say, OK, we got to start stop Arthur and then, you know, now Perry and Cam and Cam Carter step up or, OK, we got to stop Cam because he's been making shots. But now Arthur's back, you know, rolling. And, and I tell you, if we get all three, all three rolling at the same time, um, man, we can really make some damage in the Big 12. No Naquan Tomlin, and then Jerrell Colbert's probably underperformed this season. Taj Manning hasn't been involved as of late. So I think we got to touch on Will McNair and the impact that he is having. And this was a late, a late addition for this staff to bring him in. Uh, man, Clint, where would this team be without him? And, you know, the, the presence that he has in the paint, on the boards, all that stuff. I mean, if K-State doesn't have him at, at, at the center spot, I don't know where this team would be. Yeah, and it, it's amazing because, you know, he's he's the one guy that, uh, you know, Tang basically sat, sat a game because he said, I, you know, um, internal disciplinary reasons, you know, and we, we can all speculate what that is, but uh, making sure that he, he got him focused, you know, and, and hey, this is this is serious and, and you know, he's a big piece of our team and a big part of our team and we need him um, doing the things that he can do um, whether that's in practice on and off the court um, in the games off you know outside of the games um, so it's good to see him stepping up and and, and playing big in the middle for us um, kind of being uh, you know a guy that um, really is kind of just a blue collar guy Let's go rebound get some junk junk points for us um, be strong in the paint you know when you really think about 
um, the strength of our of our team, you know, obviously is our guard play, and you know, especially if you count Arthur as a as a guard, you know. But you got to have big guys that that are willing to do some dirty work. Um, otherwise, uh, it becomes really tough to to win. And so, um, it's good to see him stepping up. And you know, if we didn't have him, you know, I think we would definitely fill the void, uh, or, or you know, fill that void in the middle, um, not having someone that that's physical and has a physical presence like he does. So he's doing a fantastic job. I wouldn't be surprised if McNair just didn't hold the door open for Tang and he's like, all right, you're suspended for a game. <laughs> but that's the type of coach that Coach Tang is, man. He's going to hold you to a high standard and you have to applaud him for, for who he is both on and off the court. Um, McNair and Tang, you know, all around. Um, just everything's – the culture that Tang has created here and I know that the stuff with Naquan Tomlin's gotten, you know, fans in a frenzy and all that. But, again, I can't stress this enough how um, – I don't know, satisfying is probably not the right word, but you can take a breath and just sit back and relax because this team is still locked in on the task at hand of of reaching the Final Four this season. Yeah, yeah, and it's good to see that, um, you know, with so many new new guys and, um, you know, stepping in, into new roles and, and a team trying to gel together, you know, and we're sitting – now at, at eight and two and then playing some some really good basketball and getting some tough wins you know we talked about uh, in, in our in our last uh, segment last week around you know the three overtime games in a row and, and you know should we have went to overtime or not I mean it's it's tough to win you know and, and our guys are figuring out how you know how to win you know and I think that's going to bode us well down the stretch and so um, you know at this point in stage you know you want to rack up as many wins as you can you know so then we head into the big 12 we're feeling good about ourselves and and we kind of know where we're at and what we can do and then guys are starting to fall into uh, specific roles on the team, you know, and I think whenever you have that, you have guys that are locked into what their role is and they're not unsure of what their role is, then the team really can excel, you know, because everyone knows exactly what Tang wants for them, exactly what they're supposed to be doing to help the team win. Um, they know where they're going to get their shots, when they're going to get their shots. Um, they know how hard they have to play. Like, you know, I'm a rebound guy. I'm a physical guy like Will McNair. Okay, this is what I need to do for us to win. And now they're seeing the success of that. It's just going to help us as we get into the Big 12. So um, they're locked in and focused, like I said, and uh, hopefully we can continue to to get some wins. And, man, when, once you get get down, down the line, you know, anything can happen. Uh, Arthur Kaluma, Cam Carter, like those two guys specifically are just playing it, <clears throat> playing at such a high level. And so – Tang has kind of talked about you don't want to peak too early in a season, and that's 100% true. You want to peak in, you know, Big 12 play and into March Madness. And so um, I guess as a former coach, former player, you know, former player, current coach, I should say, yeah. um, it, you don't want to, you know, you want to be playing your best ball at the end of the year. So with Kaluma and Carter, you know, and Tyler Perry, as of, you know, in his late game heroics, how do you sort of – how do you pace yourself for a you know four or five month long season when we're still in the middle of December? Yeah, and it, it's a grind, you know. And I think that the the biggest thing is you have to make sure um, and, and 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 pray and hope that we stay injury free. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing because injuries can um, derail a season really quickly, um, especially you know with 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 your top guys. And so um, you know, hoping you know guys are taking care of their bodies, you know, especially during during the downtime that they have. Um, that they're making sure they're they're in with the trainer, they're getting the ice, they're getting the stem, um, they're keeping their body at, at, at you know peak performance at the best that they can. Um, and the times that you know Coach Tang is saying, hey, you know we we need to rest, the guys actually rest. You know, I think it sometimes it's hard for younger players. Uh, or players in general, um, you know, when they feel like they're resting, sometimes they feel like, oh, I'm 
you know, I, I'm losing a step or I'm, or someone's passing me because I'm not, I'm not doing something on the court, you know, when, when in reality, sometimes the rest is the best thing they can get. So their body stays at peak performance, you know? And so um, I think that's, that's obviously a balance. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we think about pacing yourself. I mean, the game starts, it's, it's, it's dog eat dog and let's go, let's go win, you know? And, and as a player, you have the mindset of, um, you know, I, th there is no pacing. There, there's just going out and playing and playing as hard as you can and, and trying to win the game. It might be a little bit different in, in the NBA, you know, or, or there's a little bit more um, uh, load management, you know, right. so to speak, yeah. you know, I, I think. But and at the college level, it's, it's you know, when, when you're on that court, you want to go perform, you want to go perform at a high level. And, and, you know, you only have, you know, 30, 32, 33, 34 games to do that. And so, um, you know, I know they're excited about just the opportunity each and every night. Last season, K-State sort of went through the dog days of the Big 12 gauntlet. And um, I, Jerome Tang switched up a number of things. And one of those was practicing less. You know, I think he noticed his guys were too tired, too exhausted. And so they just they toned it down in practice, let them get their rest. And then K-State obviously went on a big run to, to end out Big 12 play. And then we know what happened in March Madness. Madness. And so really just, you know... It, people's bodies you've got to take care of them and yeah you mentioned a great point and and tang would agree with you that you got to get your rest yeah yeah and like i said it's it, it becomes you know a big priority um you know just because the game is very um it's a grind it gets grueling you know there's a lot of practices um you got to try to perform at a high level and, and you know and especially when you get in the big 12 you know you might play um, you, you know, you might play at, at KU one night and, and then turn around and then have to go down to Baylor and play at Baylor and yeah. then turn around and come home. And, and, you know, you're playing, you know, it might be OU who's obviously playing really well this year. And, um, you know, and so you just got to make sure that your body stays fresh because you're going to be exalting a lot of energy and it's, it becomes even more physical, I think, once you get into the Big 12 play. Um, and, and so, um, that, that's going to be the number one, the num number one thing you got to make sure you manage. Um, and then, like I said, it's hopefully that as you're managing that, it helps you stay injury free as well. So, so all the players can play at their best uh, peak performance. Glenn, I think I'm still going through puberty with how many times <clears throat> my voice is cracked on the, on the show tonight, but I hope y'all can bear <laughs> with me. Um, Tyler Perry, we've talked about him and his sort of growth evolving as a player, you know, playing up against better competition, coming from an offense that, played in a, a really slow pace and so how do you assess where where Tyler Perry is at right now and and finding that consistency that he's you know wanting to get for a full 40 minutes yeah I think he's I think he's still um trying trying to figure out a few things um you know but I think he's in a good spot you know I think he's still playing well he's probably not shooting it um you know like like he might want to but I think that also means that uh as I believe I think he's going to get even better you know and so um, you know, he's still able to score the basketball. You know, I think this last game he was he was three for ten, but hit six for six from the free throw line. He's making his free throws, which is really big. Um, had fourteen points, and I'm sure by his standards, probably didn't think he played his best game. Um, but in, in all reality, he played he played a pretty well, a pretty good game. You know, and and you know, you go three for ten, and, and he had some some good looks, and um, you just got to you know he's going to keep working on it, and then be ready for the next game. And uh, he'll, you know, he might show out and go eight for ten. You know, and so um, I think he's in a good spot. You know, I think um, you know. For him, it's just staying, staying in the grind. Continue to uh, try to run the team, try to run the offense the way the way Tang wants it run, and um, just continue to step up when when his his numbers called. Or obviously at the end of the game, you know we know uh, the ball is going to be in his hands to make a decision, and just con continue to stay confident in those situations um, because he's proven that he can do it. And so, um, like I said, I think he's.
he's been good. I think he has some room that he's going to grow and he's going to get even better, which I think, you know, is really um, a, a good spot for K-State and us to be in. A couple of final thoughts from the LSU game. K-State was really dominant on the glass. <clears throat> Boy, it's not a good day for me. <clears throat> the glass, dominant on the, the glass. glass. <laughs> um, dominant on the glass. So I think I think LSU had like no offensive rebounds. Can you see how red my face is getting? This is embarrassing. Um, I hope you're just listening on the audio version. Um, I hope you're not watching on YouTube because this is bad. But I think LSU had no offensive rebounds in the in the entire first half of that game. So we give Will McNair a lot of credit, and you know we mentioned David Gasson's <clears throat> struggles from the free throw line, and you know the other guys maybe aren't stepping in. But as a whole, this team is really. You look at the one game against LSU, uh, you know, dominating on the glass. Yeah, and uh, you know we we ended that game with 39 rebounds to so their 26. Uh, when you out rebound another team by by 13, um, typically you're going to have a, a good chance of winning the game. Um, one of that's one or two things. One, you're either getting offensive rebounds or you're getting you know second chance opportunities. Um, so you're getting more shots to to score the basketball. Um, or two, um, you're limiting them to to one shot. You know, and if you can play tough defense, and I, I think you know obviously Tang. Uh, knows all about tough defense and preaches tough defense with our guys. Um, and then you can limit teams to one shot. And then hopefully that shot is a low percentage contested shot. Um, you know, then it gives you a high chance of winning the basketball game. So, um, you know, I think that was a really good defensive effort and then blocking out a rebounding effort uh, by, by K-State and by us this, this last game. And hopefully we can continue doing that as we move forward. He is Clint Stewart. I am Ryan Gilbert. We'll be right back here after a quick break on the Friday Shootaround. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Welcome back to the PowerCat podcast. Welcome back in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. He is Clint Stewart. Clint, um, moving forward here, Kansas State, a game against Nebraska on Sunday. One of those weird Sunday games. I don't know why they got to do that when football's on, but we'll make some sacrifices. Um, Less about what the Huskers can bring to the table focusing just on Kansas State you come off of a a pretty I don't want to call it an emotional victory but given everything with Naquan Tomlin for them to come out and play that focused replicating that for another 40 minutes is a challenge after um, the way that K-State was able to play you've got to do that again on Sunday what's the key to to building upon that win against LSU Clint yeah um, I think as, as a coach you're telling the players um, you know, you got you got to stick stick to the game plan, stick to the course. Um, you can't get too high up, too too low down. Um, no matter winning or losing, um, you really got to stay even kill. Um, you got to understand that there's preparation that goes into every single game. Um, and you know, once you win, you can celebrate that night. Um, and feel good about yourself, but then it's it's on to the next one. You got to have the same type of motivation, same type of mindset, you know, heading into to the next game. So I liken it to I. You know, I remember, you know, my senior year in two two thousand eight. Um, you know, we went and we beat uh, we beat KU at home, um, and then turned back around and, and I, I believe played uh, Missouri. I think at Missouri, and you know, had a big win against KU at home, and uh, celebrated uh, you know breaking the streak, and um, and then then came back and lost at, at Missouri the, the very next game. And I'm not going to say LS, LSU is, is KU competition, but um, I definitely think you can get. Um, 
you can get, you know, uh, emotionally, um, you know, have, have an emotional high from, from a win like that on the road, especially just given the circumstances. Um, you got to make sure that, that you refocus and you relock in um, and you take care of business as we come home and, and play against Nebraska. So um, just make sure the guys are ready to play. Um, and then, like I said, it's one game at a time. Um, right now, the LSU game doesn't mean anything anymore. And Nebraska is the team in front of us. And uh, we have to prepare to go go beat them at home. K-State staff has been out on the recruiting trail the last couple of days, um, eight days between games for Kansas State. So some time off. You know, these players, I'm sure, have gotten some valuable rest, like we mentioned. Any concerns with some rust after a long break like that? You know, there, there could be a little bit, you know, especially as a player, you kind of get into a routine um, where, okay, we, we practice a few days play, practice a few days play, you know, and anytime you get a, a little bit longer um, break, you know, you, you get a little bit more antsy and then, uh, you know, just kind of get, get out of that routine. Um, but what you hope to see, is, especially with us being at home, um, you know, that that helps us um, because we're a little bit more familiar with, with the atmosphere, obviously the environment, um, that we can, uh, you know, break out of that rust pretty quickly within the game and, and uh, really just settle in, you know. And so I think, you know, when you play at home in front of your home crowd, there's a lot of adrenaline going, you know, the crowd's hype, you know, it just gets you hype. And if we can ride on some of that early, um, I think that'll be good. And then just settle in and play our game and uh, we'll be good. Against LSU, Michaela Bridge did not play, and he didn't play in the game previous against Villanova either. So that's two games in a row that he has not seen the court. Um, no reason to hit the panic button. He's not in the doghouse. He's not injured. Um, I think it's just maybe a testament to how raw he might be still as a player. Uh, that being said, and the same thing can be kind of said for RJ Jones, whose minutes maybe aren't as high as he wants them to be. How do you stay focused? Because at some point, your number is going to get called. This team's going to need you to, to step on the court. So how do these guys who maybe aren't getting the minutes that they think that they deserve, how do they lock in and stay focused, you know, not only during practice throughout the week, but also during these games when they're, you know, kind of looking over at the coach on the bench. Hey, is this, you know, can I go check in? And you know, how do you stay focused? Yeah, I mean, you really have to keep your head down and just keep working, you know, and I think as a young guy, uh, sometimes that can be hard to understand, you know, um, but um, you have to keep your head down, keep working and just stay and try to stay ready, you know, and, and then the only way you can stay ready is by preparing the same way as if you're going to play 40 minutes a game, you know, and so when you're in practice, you got to be locked into the game plan, locked into, um, you know, what, what we're trying to accomplish as a team and, and locked into if your number gets called, you know, what are, what are the coaches asking uh, for you to do, you know, and so if you're not locked into that, then when your number is called, you're not ready ready and if you're not ready when your number is called then it's, it's hard for the coaches to trust putting you on the court the next time right and so um you know i know sometimes it can be hard for a, a young guy to to understand that but hopefully michaela bridge is staying locked in you know and, and obviously as we're uh, winning basketball games that, that's obviously good uh, and, and it's for him it's a learning experience man every single day is, is it's different than high school basketball obviously uh, even in practice you know the 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 the, the tempo um the competitiveness um you know every single day the grind is is different um and so if he can stay locked in rj can stay locked in and just stay ready that hey when my number's called i'm, I'm ready to, to give everything i have i'm ready to produce i'm ready to step up um and, and then hopefully when it is called they can go in there and do that with this being a a, re, a regional game you know L, uh, wichita state's also coming up on the schedule i don't think jerome tang had control this one i think this was from weber's staff where they kind of had a home and home and a couple neutral sites uh scheduled in there but Overall, I mean, it's good. It's not a rivalry per se, but, I mean, Clint, you played against Nebraska when they were still in the Big 12, and so you a fan of, of uh, 
of these games. I'm sure you are to get fans more engaged and excited for your your team. And I know that there's still some GA tickets up for grabs. It's probably not going to be a sellout on Sunday, but still, this is better than playing, say, North Alabama in December. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love it. I mean, you're playing another um, Power Five conference team, you know, and, and whether um, you know whether they're kind of top of their conference, middle of their conference, but and to me, it doesn't matter. It's another, it's another good team, um, and it's a, it's a team that you know from a resume building perspective um obviously it looks a lot better if you, if you can get the win you got to make sure you come in and, and take care of business i love that it's at home you know i think that'll that'll obviously help us out as well um you know but it it, it tells our guys hey you know we, we got to stay locked in and i think it's just another stepping stone to preparing us for our conference you know like so this is another team that plays uh top competition uh you know night in night out, night out when they get in their conference and so um, they're going to be well coached. They're going to be ready to play. They're going to have a good game plan. And uh, we're going to have to go in and we're going to have to execute ours and then go in and win the basketball game. So I love it. I love that it's a former Big 12 school. You know, I think, um, you know, I think that that plays into it as well. You know, you have a former Big 12 school um, that we're playing against. And um, so it should be fun. Did you have a favorite, not rival like KU, but maybe one of those cooler teams that it's not a true rival, but still kind of lukewarm with the the intensity and the chippiness of those games. Did you have a favorite opponent that you went up against? Oh man, I'd say um, Baylor. Baylor was definitely one. You know, Baylor always had had guards. It's kind of it's it's funny because Tang was obviously at Baylor during during the time that I was yep. playing, and yep. um, you know, but they always had guards that just they came at you. Tweety Carter, um, uh, Aaron Bruce. Um, Oh, they had a left hand Henry Dugit. They had a left handed kid. I can't remember his name now. It's 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 all Tang obviously will know. <laughs> yeah, he would know. Uh, <laughs> I would um, think he would know, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> they, they had some chippiness, and, and and they were always fun to play against. And I'd say probably the other one would be Texas A and M. Um, during the time that I was playing, they had a, a kid by the name of AC Law, and uh, he actually went on and played in the NBA for a few years as well, point guard. And uh, man, he was he was a tough guard um, to play against, you know, and so. Uh, boy, every time we played against them, I knew I had my hands full and, uh, and he, he was going to come at me. So it was a lot of fun. I'm sure you played a, a good number of games in what was the Sprint Center, now the T-Mobile Center. That's yeah. where K-State's going to be playing Wichita State. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's an, another one where it's not a true heated rivalry, but playing in front of a good amount of purple. You know, this is a great opportunity for for K-Staters in the KC area to get to to go see K-State you know, on a weeknight where maybe you don't get to go out to Manhattan, but Hey, a 20 minute drive downtown, let's do it. Yeah. It's a great, great, uh, opportunity for K-State community, as you mentioned in, in the KC and in greater Metro area to come out and support them. And, um, you know, I think hopefully it'll have a, a good crowd, uh, you know, and, and to be able to go, go play, a gets a, a, a good team and another in-state team, um, you know, and so it should be fun. You know, I'm sure, you know, Wichita state, they have, a uh, big following as well, you know, and have, have a great alumni base. And so um, it should be a fun game. And then hopefully uh, K-State can pull out that one. I don't know. I think I saw something on our message boards about Naquan Tomlin. I'm pretty sure Memphis is going to play, I guess, first or second game that he can actually play in Wichita at, in Wichita against Wichita State. So if you're in the Wichita area, that'd be a lot of fun. But uh, back to the, the these regional games What's the volume? Is there, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, not just getting fans involved, but what's the value in, in playing these games? Yeah, I think, um, you know, these regional games, um, you know, give you an opportunity to, to really get out and 
have the opportunity for fans to come out and support the team, um, you know, which, which is really good. I think it it gives you, you know, an opportunity where you're, you're hopefully, uh, whether you're at home or closer to home, I think it's really good as well, um, just because of that support and then be able to really push out our brand, um, you know, to, to, to local um, areas, which, which is really good. Um, and then anytime you're playing these regional games against, you know, good competition, I think um, it helps, you know, fans just get more excited um, about, about K-State, about the K-State brand, um, about, um, you know, obviously the basketball program and, and, and what Tang is doing. Um, and so, um, it's, it's good all around, you know, and, and you know, I think the, the biggest thing, though, is, um, you know, everyone likes to win. And so you want to make sure you go in the right mindset um, that, that we're locked in and ready to go play and ready to go win because it's it's a much funner night um, for all of our fans and all of our community when we win than it is when, when we don't win. And so, um, you know, hopefully we're all locked into that as well. I feel like we should make this a, a regular question towards the end of a show based off what we saw against LSU and did we talk about Villanova? I think we already, yeah, that was the previous show, but so just LSU, um, where does K-State need to improve on in these next two games? What would you like to see them just do better? Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I, I still, you know, I've been kind of harping on, on some of the turnovers, you know, and, and I know we want to play, play fast. So, you know, they're going to expect to have some turnovers, but we just can't have the, um, the lackadaisical ones um, or, or the ones that put the other team and, you know, into immediate transition. You know, I think as we've seen, you know, when our defense is set, uh, you know, I think we can be a, a pretty good defensive team, you know, and so the, the more opportunities that we have to get our defense set uh, and get our defense in front of their offense. Um, and then if we can limit them to one shot, like we did against LSU, um, then we're going to have a, a great chance of winning basketball games. And so um, we've got to take care of the basketball, um, you know, and, and just got to make sure that we're getting opportunities at the rim, shooting the basketball in. It allows our, our big guys to you know, hopefully get some offensive rebounds and then second chance points for us. So um, that that's always big. You know, I, I, I try to some, sometimes it's, um, you know, don't, don't overthink. And, and, and sometimes I'd rather you shoot it then lose it, you know, <laughs> so shoot it. That gives an opportunity. It gives an opportunity to go get it and, and put it back in versus losing it. And, and, and you know, puts the other team in, in transition. So, um, you know, ho- hopefully we can continue to try to work on limiting our turnovers. Yeah, this team has been very aggressive and you look at, <clears throat> you know, RJ Jones, is, is there maybe something that he could do better? That would probably be just play a little more calm, let the game come to you, but you'd, you'd, you'd take that, right? You don't want it to be the opposite. Like, I love Dean Wade, think the world of him. Ultimately at K-State, what held him back in my mind was he was never aggressive enough and he was probably too passive and passed the ball too much, didn't take the open shots, didn't assert himself. And so, yeah, these turnovers and stuff, I get it. You know, it is frustrating when they make those mistakes, but it's better than the opposite. Yeah, and, and like as I think we mentioned in our in our last show, you know, it's it's easier to slow a team down. It's easier to uh, back off some aggression than it is to like get someone to, go fake it till you make it type of aggression, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, um, yeah. it's odd. I'd, I'd much rather have someone that, that's a little bit more aggressive and then we we tone that down um, versus the other way around, you know, and RJ specifically, you know, for, for RJ, um, you know, as I just kind of think about, you know, where he's been over the last few games and then, you know, like, as you mentioned, maybe he's not getting the minutes that he might want to get or, um, you know, for him, I think he has to stay locked in. And then the biggest thing that players – um, you know, we know he can shoot the basketball. The biggest thing that players can do to get on the floor is come out, come out in the game and show that you can defend. And if you come out in the game and you show that intensity and you show that focus, not locked into the scouting report and the game plan of defending and being active and making plays 
of getting stops. Um, I guarantee you there's no coach in America, whether it's, it's Tang or whether it's uh, the self or whether it's whoever you can or it's name Clint it. Stewart. <laughs> exactly. You can name it. It's going to say, Hey, I don't want a guy that can defend, you know? And so, um, you know, hopefully RJ is a guy that he can lock in on that side of the ball. And, and, and that's somewhere where he can try to uh, just continue to get better at it. And, and like I said, hopefully that'll um, bode him well down the stretch and even, you know, allow him to get some more minutes on the court. Final thought here, Clint, uh, the new five out offense. I know we've talked about this in previous shows. I think it's been a week or two since we've really addressed it. Um, you know, people got to remember there's a lot of moving parts here with new players and stuff, but also this team is learning a new offensive scheme. And so how do you assess the way that I guess not assess, but is the, uh, is the new offense is the new five out system. Is it com- Is this team comfortable with it? 100% or do you think that's just another thing that maybe is 99% there, but can still get, you know, more comfortable in. Yeah, I think they're growing into it, you know, and I think what we're seeing is the spacing is allowing Arthur uh, specifically to, to yep. drive the basketball and get to the rim. Um, the spacing is allowing Cam to get some open shots. Um, the spacing is allowing Tyler to to create a little bit. And so uh, I think that, that's that been really good, you know, especially when you think about kind of the makeup of our team. You know, we really don't have, um, you, you know, we, we don't have a – uh, Zach Eady, you know, from, from Purdue where he said, Hey, we need you down the block and just throw it in, throw it inside and, and, and go get 20, 30 points. Right. And so uh, a little bit different, you know, when I played, I had a chance to play at Michael Beasley. It was like, Hey, bees go to that block, man. That's a bucket every day, all day, you know? And so, um, you know, I think the spacing of it fits our team really well and allows our guards to be a little bit creative, allows our guards to come off handoff action, ball screen action and get downhill penetration to kick or penetration, get to the rim, allows our bigs now um, at times to get kind of a running start as they're getting to the rim to, to try to go get offensive rebounds versus, um, you know, already kind of being on the block and their big is already there, you know tussling with them and so now they get a little bit of a running start where um, they might be able to swim move and then get around and go grab it or it's a little bit harder to block them out so um, I think we're still growing in it you know but I think we've seen some um, some progress and I think it's been success successful so far okay real quick you mentioned Arthur Kaluma uh, driving to the basket obviously he's very effective doing that but I, I tweeted this out during the LSU game after he hit some of those shots from deep I mean the pump fake man just he needs to shoot it more. Am I wrong? <laughs> He's always pump faking. I'm like, man, just pull the trigger. I, I know. I think he has a little bit of Kobe Bryant in him and some of the pump fakes yeah. and shots. I think uh, against Villanova, I think it was, he hit like a fadeaway. And I was like, wow, like, that, that's <laughs> that's a big time shot. Um, you know, it's, I can't even do that against fifth graders right now, you know. So, <clears throat> um, you know, he's – He's, uh, you know, he, he gets going, man. And then, like I said, we need him to stay aggressive always, you know, and, and trying to go downhill and create for himself. Um, and then the way he's shooting the ball from the outside, I mean, that just helps him even even more, you know, and it opens up, opens it up even more for him to drive the basketball and, and get inside. So, man, he's playing tremendous. Clint, that'll wrap it up for us. Nebraska coming up on Sunday at 2 o'clock and then Wichita State on Thursday at 7.30 in Kansas City. Look forward to breaking down these games. Hopefully we're breaking down wins, but if not, we can break down what went wrong for Kansas State and those losses. So, uh, Clint, as always, man, appreciate your time, and we'll see you next week here on the Friday Shootaround. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.